Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Carlton Blue Baggers podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Santa Maria. And this week we're coming to you after a round 16 loss to the St. Kilda Football Club. We go down, we lose 78 to 93, going down by 15 points, bringing our season record to 10 and 5, and keeping us at fifth on the ladder. But a big game, Friday night football. Can we go into this game and back up our best win of the season, arguably? Is this a side that can, you know, prove it in back-to-back weeks? Can we, can we really rise and do that? We couldn't this week. We couldn't. And I'm going to put it out there right now. I'm filthy with this club. But I think it was one of our worst games of footy we played. Um, look, we got outplayed, but we didn't play good. We really, we, were, we weren't up to the task tonight. And you could see right from the get-go, we got jumped. We got jumped by a bunch of blokes from Moorabbin. Have a look at them. They were roaming around, running with the footy. They were doing as they pleased to start off the game. And you could see just at the beginning, no weedering back down there. Our lack of height started to get exposed. They were killing us in the air. Killing us. We had way too many turnovers as well. Especially to start off of, to start off the footy match. Uh, our skill execution for most of the day was pretty poor. Uh, by our standards, not good enough. Their inside 50 entries for St Kilda, they were lethal. Especially to start off that game. Lowering of the eyes and hitting all these elite kicks inside 50. Starting with Jack Sinclair. He was killing us. And he made his All-Australian case. And I'll tell you something. So was Saad. So was our boy Saadi. And there was a point in that first quarter where Sinclair kicked the ball and Saad took an intercept mark off the Sinclair kick. And then he found Charlie Kerner to get our second goal of the game. And I thought, wow, look at that. It's not just Sinclair making his All-Australian case. It's Saadi too. Right off of Sinclair's own turnovers. Love to see that. I thought Saad played brilliant game and we'll touch on him but yeah we got jumped out of the game we got jumped out they jumped us really early they come out of the gates firing they bought a lot of intensity and so much pressure early on from you know a really poor game that they put up against um the sydney swans they they played like a completely different team this week completely different last week they were criticized for not moving the ball well well enough or gee they were bold with the way they were moving the ball um, from the back half to the front half this week. They really, really were. And it's a shame that we had to be the guinea pigs for their little experiment this week. But yeah, they tore us up. And it was a game that we didn't deserve to win. We did not deserve to win this game. Let's get into my three key takeaways. If you're new, every week I like to start off the show with three key takeaways, three things that really stood out to me. Uh, let's get into them. Number one. We couldn't stop their run and carry. And this was the most obvious one. It was even to, you know, just a first-time football, uh, you know, to a first-time viewer, you could just see the speed that they bought from that back line. Uh, we, we got killed on the spread. We couldn't defend the ball movement from the back half. Yeah, and as I said, their halfback flankers, they killed us all night long. They injected speed into the game. And we just could not stop their impact. And because of how, how easy they moved the ball from one end to the other, especially in that first half, 
we just we weren't able to to reduce the score their scoring ability that they were bold to go through the middle as often as they did and use their speeds just to just inject the pace uh, into their ball movement we, we had no answer we ended up putting we ended up moving and putting our Cottrell onto Brad Hill which did he reduce his impact hell yeah but then the other one just started running even more wild in Sinclair uh so yeah that was that was number one we just we couldn't stop the run and carry they they killed us all night moving the ball really quickly from the back from their back half to their front half and we weren't able to defend the ground uh good enough to stop them second our kicks going inside the middle of the fucking ground time and time again killed killed every time we looked inside poor skills or just poor decision making. Take your pick. Because even if the kick wasn't that bad, it was a shit decision. No one to go in the middle. They kicked five goals too from front half turnovers. In the first half. In one half of footy. That's not good enough. You're gonna you're, you're just asking for it. Uh and when it happens once, okay, twice, okay, three, four, five times. Every kick inside the middle, we just couldn't pull it off. But now credit to them. They defended the ground really well. Good on them, as they should. But when are you gonna when are you gonna re- when do you stop and say, okay, they've got it covered. They've got men everywhere. Uh just not good enough. Chera kicking kicking back in um you know, kicking the ball backwards into a um he was already in our back fifty, but just Sidewood's little chip and Ryder just easily picks it off, kicks a goal, just really just p- poor decision making, poor turnovers and the some of the turnovers we've had in our back 50 this year, oh, they pain me, they pain me, but it's been the story of the season and this week was, this week the St Kilda Football Club, they capitalised, they really did and um, Third takeaway, they showed a great blueprint of how to stop this footy side. They really did. I'll tell you something right now, and this is the takeaway. We didn't control the game at all. We had no control over the game, and this is why I don't believe. Even throughout the game, when we were coming back and when we even had the lead at stages... I I didn't believe in us all night. And it's for the simple reason that we didn't control the game at all. Normally, we control the uncontested marking, get our chip, uh, you know, quick chip, quick quick uncontested mark in the back half. No, it wasn't like that. that. We were down 17 marks than what we usually are. And they were up 14 of what they average. That's a big, big difference. They played our style against us. They possessed the footy against us. They took away our uncontested marking. They took away the easy chipping in the back half of the ground. And you know what? We didn't switch the ball well. We didn't move the ball through the middle well. And we couldn't we couldn't adapt to the way they were defending. We couldn't we couldn't do anything. Our ball movement was close to non existent on, on, on Friday night. It really wasn't much. Few times we were able to get in there and you know get a bit of speed going and whatnot, but generally all night didn't control the game, did not have this team 
looking like the top four side that we that, that we can be. And we, we, we just weren't there. We couldn't go through the middle. We couldn't change gears in our ball movement. And it suffered. At Marvel especially, though. That was the that was the real interesting part. Smaller ground, a ground we love to play at, a ground that we hadn't lost at before this week. And then you rock up, you rock up, you rock up now, and we're not the same. We didn't look like the same footy side. Didn't control the, didn't control the play of the game. Uh, couldn't couldn't defend them well enough. And then we just we couldn't we didn't move the ball the way we normally like to. And um, yeah, that was really evident this week. Really, really evident. We couldn't go through the corridor as much as we normally like to, especially at Marvel. Couldn't really get our handball game working, um, you know, to go through the corridor. And we had to settle for that long down the kick, uh, that long down the line kick more often than not. And I tell you this much, for a team that likes to move the ball quickly when we can, they just did it against us. They played how we want to play. They took away our uncontested marking they injected speed into the game. They had 12 bounces in the game to our three. And I want to assume all three of ours were from Adam Sud, and you know how he likes to do it. You know, sometimes a bounce every every four meters he runs. But um, yeah, we just, we, we weren't up to it on the weekend. And I'll tell you another thing. We needed to be cleaner. So many fumbles just proving costly where, you know, they were able to kick goals because, you know, we, we just weren't clean enough. I believe O'Brien, you know, got the ball. Shit himself, dropped it, goal. A um, couple of times that's happened and we weren't up to it. We just simply were not up to it. You look at the first quarter, they jump us early, they get out. Then we slowly fight back into it. But where were, where were we really? Where were we really? They just so, had so many passengers this week and so many blokes just... just didn't play up to the standard that you normally ask to. I mean, Chera, coming back off this injury, I have to look at his game and I think, was he actually ready to come back in? He only he played 71% of game time, not much. He, he had a stinker of a game. He had 16 touches. He had a couple of costly turnovers. Uh, he was just poor. Poor. Landed one tackle. One tackle. I don't care if you only play 71% of game time. One tackle. Come on, man. Come on. Paddy Cripps, one tackle. One tackle. We speak about them bringing the pressure. Well, gee, I mean, some of those midfielders, you can't be finishing a game with one tackle. Come on. But um, really disappointing in Chera. Silvani, he got a, he got a lot of it for, for himself. He normally doesn't, you know, he's not a high disposal getter. I think he finished around 17 or so touches. But look, he might he may have got a lot of it. Might have even been one of his highest possession games for the year. But so many turnovers. Three turnovers by Silvani. And an easy miss at goal to start the first quarter. A shocking start for him. Appalling. Now every week I always touch on this. He if he, he loves, you know, he's that link up kick for us in the middle of the ground. Um and you'll see so often, he he's one of the ones. He marks it, he looks inboard straight away, and he loves to kick inboard. Loves to go through the corridor. Got picked off. Got picked off last week. Uh, his kicking was just... It was just not up to it. Really poor skills from, from him this week. Uh, yeah, I just thought he I just thought he wasn't up to the task. I just thought he had a, had a poor week. Now, he's one of my favorite players, and he's, he's had a really, really good season. But 
here was someone who was just not up to it. Plowman. My head. My head. This guy, he, he's a shocking decision maker under pressure. Get the ball out of his hands. In pressure situations, at all costs. At all costs. If the pressure's coming, oh, you don't want him, you don't want him to have to make a decision. Oh, God, no. He's too slow to make decisions. He makes the in incorrect decisions. Um, his skill execution when he's under the pump. Yeah, I'm not not a fan. I'm really not a fan of his. Uh, Lockie Plowman, he's, he looked like the worst player on the ground to me. Really did. I don't know. Every week I say the same things about him. I'm, I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan of his at all. Uh, I'm not going to even bother with him. I'm not even going to bother. We started the game and the whole the whole big kerfuffle was, oh, well, Saints could be up by, you know, another three goals. They're kicking pretty inaccurate. Well, then what happened? Then they started slowing them and, and we couldn't kick one. Couldn't kick one to save our life. That second half, I mean, oh, it was it was painful, painful to watch. I was at the game, and you're just thinking, are we? Can we get one? Can we get one between Charlie and Harry? And we just we could not kick straight. We kicked four goals, eleven in the second half, four eleven. Now, look, they started off that game, and they were missing a lot. I found a good start. Goals from 0 to 30 metres out. St Kilda kicked 8 goals straight within 30 metres. We kicked 6 goals 5. 6 goals 5 within 30 metres. That's poor. That's just poor goal kicking right there. Because uh, at the end of the day, it matters the quality of looks you're getting. And when you're getting some of the looks that we were getting and not slotting them, oh, wow. And... Look, we didn't control the we didn't control the tempo of the game and at all all, all night. We re, we really didn't. But that second half, we were able to lock the ball in a lot more. All of a sudden, repeat inside fifties, and you know we we took away that um, you know the pace that they were able to transition the ball with in the second half, purely because we were able to lock it in for you know so much more longer. And all of a sudden, they weren't able to you know control. And then I just looked at it and I thought. With the amount of shots we're getting a goal, like, how aren't we leading? Like, I didn't believe we deserved to, to win the game by any stretch, but how didn't we end up getting the lead back when you look at some of the opportunities we had? Um, yeah, just really, really frustrating. Like, as a fan, really frustrating to see. Harry, playing for the free kicks. Oh, fuck, it pisses me off. It really does. When you, you're the tallest bloke out there, you're this big unit, and... He's going to the floor every opportunity he gets. He really was. Uh, I want to see him out-muscle his opponents. He doesn't get enough easy marks inside 50 as well. That's what I've been noticing lately. He's not leading out at the footy and giving himself some separation between him and his defender. He Not enough. He does He does do it like all the great forwards do. But I, so many times you just see like he's... He's kicking goals because he's taken a mark where he's, you know, he's literally taken the mark over his his opponent or over two or three of them. Like, just because of his pure height and he's just, you know, just towers over them, literally. 
uh, I want to see him leading at the footy and taking a few more easier marks. And you know, he's he's so he's such a quick, um, such a quick key forward, especially for his for his height. He's really really quick. So I'd love to see him, you know, leading at the footy a little bit more and not trying to you know play this one on one game so much. And yeah, playing for the free kicks. I mean, really, really weak. Use your muscles, Harry. Create a bit of separation. He needs to create a little bit of distance. Lead at the footy a bit better. Uh, but it just wasn't his day. I thought. I thought Wilkie Wilkie won the matchup on on him. He's done well. Um, then Josh Battle goes to him as well. Completely undersized, and he just wasn't able to make the most of his opportunities in that last quarter. And if he did, probably could have won the match. But at the end of the day, it's an if, and we can't go there. But Charlie as well, terribly inaccurate in front of goal. Uh, and his goal kicking the last few weeks, really, it's been quite poor. It's been quite, quite poor. Uh, Durden, I wanted to touch on this. There was an opportunity where he got the ball, and all he needed to do was just put his head up and just, just snap a goal. As a small forward, there's not much I ask for you. I ask for you to bring pressure and have good goal sense. When you've got when you've got half an opportunity, just make something of it. And for him to not even have have the like, you know, the goal sense to kind of realise where he was and, you know, just a simple snap on the left boot would have would have done. But no, not even having the shot at goal, I was was a little bit disappointed to be honest. Because you know, if I I look at that and I say, look, that Eddie Betts, bang. Goals and I know yes he's not an Eddie Betts and you know he's still young and stuff like this but for me that was really telling to see you know a small forward like have an opportunity to just get a quick snap off and you know pass it up I was yeah a little bit disappointed but one one small forward who didn't disappoint bloody Motlop how electric is he I mean boy oh boy his first goal Josh Honey took a Took a nice crumb, spin, uh, spun out of a tackle. I think he might have taken off on like two players uh, in that passage of play and gave the hands to Molov, kicked it inside out, banana. Got his first. He ended up finishing with three for the day. He was absolutely brilliant. He plays with a lot of flair, a lot of energy. His pace is, oh, it's nice to watch out there. It's really nice to watch. And he's someone, you can see he's got a natural goal sense and he's going to put it together. And when he does... He looks like just the prototypical small forward that you want in your football side. Uh, so I was really, really impressed with him. Uh, Cottrell. Talk about a guy who, week in, week out, has just slowly started to, you know, really show that he, he has a spot in this side. And I really didn't think, you know, really didn't think that four or five weeks ago. But all of a sudden, now I'm looking at him. He goes and he, he goes and plays on Brad Hill you know, after quarter time in that second half. And, he, you know, he, he does what he just needs to do. You know, he he plays a role and he's such a good runner. He's been going forward and kicking some goals, finding, you know, the right positions to be in that forward half for us. I thought really, really crucial for him. Really, really crucial. Uh, let's get into our votes for the week. So... Best and fairest vote. So I do the five, four, three, two, one voting system. If you're new here, uh, let's get right into them. With five votes, Matthew Kennedy. I gotta say, big fan on a 
on a really sour night, this was a guy I was just really rooting for and I really appreciated his game. And look, he didn't have the most glamorous stat line. He had 21 touches, but he's kicked two lovely goals. Uh, I'm, a, I'm just such a fan of the way this guy puts his body on the line and his contested work is remarkable. Just such a big-bodied midfielder for us. Really reliable. Uh, Matt Kennedy, brilliant game from him. He had 21 touches. He had three marks, five tackles. He's kicked two goals. Uh, he had six score involvements for us as well. And he had 334 metres gain and he had five clearances. So a really good game for him and five tackles as well. Really impressed with his performance. Doesn't need to have 30 touches to, you know, have a lot of impact. His his contested work is is brilliant. Um, you know, his ability to just follow the ball after um, after the ruck is really really good. Uh, went forward and was able to find a couple couple goals. And on one opportunity, he even got tackled like you know a little bit below the waist. And you know he was looking at you know kicking another goal. He was running into the goal square and. I think Charlie ended up soccering it off the ground for a behind. Um, but yeah, he had a really good game and he could have even kicked another one if uh, he got a got a lucky call there. But really good game from him. Stepped into some really nice form. Really stoked with his game. Four votes. Got to give him a Saad. Adam Saad. Now, I will say this. Saad, I thought he was brilliant. I thought he was, yeah, easily one of our best players on the day. If you'd given him the five votes, would have had no issues with that at all. The only reason, not the only reason, but one reason I didn't really want to give him the five votes is just because I looked at the impact that Sinclair had off that halfback. And like, obviously he had, you know, possibly his best game of the season. Uh, I just felt like Saad's run and carry wasn't as effective as it normally was. He did have to get a lot of possessions in the back half uh, today. And look, he still used it really well. And there was a couple of occasions where he still, you know, really set us up and you know, did really well, but would like to see us, you know, utilize him to get through the corridor a little bit more on days like this. We He really, he couldn't find much opportunity to, you know, run and carry the ball through the middle of the ground, which is what we want to be using him for just a little bit more. Uh, but look, can't really knock him. He's had a tremendous game. He had 25 disposals. Uh, he had a couple of tackles. He had five marks. Went 80% disposal efficiency, and he's had six score involvements. Uh, just another really good game for him and 456 meters gained. So he's still got a fair bit of um of meters gained on there. But yeah, he, another really, really good game for him. Just proving that he's in that All-Australian contention still. He really is and superb year from him. Three votes, giving him the, our captain, Cripps. Thought he honestly, he really, really lifted, to be honest. Uh, I was really, really impressed, especially with his second half. Uh, he had 31 disposals, 10 kicks, 21 handballs. So, you know, used a lot of it by hand, but, you know, we know that's what he likes to do generally. Uh, he did have a couple of turnovers, which wasn't the best, but he had no, nine score involvements for us. Nine. Uh, pretty remarkable. And he had the 316 meters gain, and he had eight clearances. So really, really impressed with his game. Uh, his ability to just find the ball and, you know, try to create a little bit of space, you know, with his... Uh, with his handball release is just really crucial to us and it was something we lacked on Friday night but he was trying to give us a little bit and in the middle of the ground you know still was going to him still still loves to tag this bloke out of games you know over the last few years we've seen still really have Cripps's number 
didn't think that was the case Friday night and uh, really impressed that he was still able to put up a strong performance, you know, against a really good opponent in Jack Steele, who, yeah, as I said, normally has his number when we match up against them. Uh, two votes. I had to give him the Motlop. I had to. You know, he had nine touches. He kicked three really good goals. He was he was electric for us. And he had seven score involvements still. He brings the pressure every single week. Uh, I'm just, I'm a massive, massive fan of Jesse, of Jesse Motlop, especially after the game he's just put forth. He's exciting, electrifying. He's, uh, he's got the whole works, I'll tell you that much. Big fan of his. And one vote. This one might surprise some people. It might. But I gave it to Nick Newman. And there's a reason I did. I just thought he was everywhere. He took some really nice intercept marks for us. Uh, he was really reliable. He had 20 touches. He had eight marks, three tackles. But he led us in meters gained with 480. Loves to use the overlapping handball. His kick is, you know, he's got a real nice penetrating uh, kick. And he was just really reliable for us down there. I thought on a week where, you know, Doherty wasn't as good as he normally is. I thought this guy was... Probably our best, def- probably our best defender on the night. Uh, yeah, thought he was really good. I thought I just wanted to really squeeze in him to get him a vote. Uh, yeah, I was really impressed with his game. Didn't think he put many, uh, he put a foot wrong to be honest. So another good showing from Nick Newman, and what's turning out to probably be his best season for us, and a really underrated player for this for this Carlton Football Club. I tell you that much. If you if you don't notice him that much, make an effort to you know really look at the things he does because, you know he's he's working the one on ones. He wasn't losing many on Friday night. I tell you that if he wasn't taking the intercept mark, he was he was getting a spoil to it. And uh, yeah, really really good uh, from him. One bloke I just want to touch on, just before we finish up the review, was uh Lewis Young. Now. He played on one of the most dangerous forwards in the comp, in Max King. A guy, they're not even weedering. I'd say he's probably Weedering's like toughest matchup. That's the one guy I think has consistently, you know, got him weedering, like you know, time and time again. Every time we play him, he seems to still kick goals. Uh, so yeah, he's he's a really good forward, but I f- I felt like the start of the game, he was he was almost nowhere to be seen. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about St. Kilda being too predictable with their uh, ball movement. Going inside 50, they're, they're targeting him just too, too often. They're just, they've become too predictable. The ball is always going to go to him, always going to go to him. First half, I barely I barely saw him. He didn't, he didn't get targeted a lot. But when he did, I felt like Lewis Young, you know, I thought he did really well against him in the one-on-one contest that he, he was up against him. When the ball uh, was kicked towards Max King... Young did a really, really good job. And there was one mark that King, where he just, he got a run and jump on it. And he, he took the mark like in between two of our defenders. It was Young and someone else. I can't remember, but like, you can't stop like such a, such an extraordinary talent from, you know, being able to take marks inside 50 and kick some goals, of course. So I don't blame him for, for some of them. But I've noticed this in the open play, when his opponent isn't the target of an inside 50 entry, Young's opponents have been able to find space and have been kicking goals. And I think he just needs to improve his awareness and his positioning, you know, a little bit. When when the ball's not getting kicked to his 
to his direct opponent inside 50, he seems to, I don't know, they seem to just have a lot of time and space. And uh, yeah, he's he's not putting a, enough pressure on them. And I don't know, I feel like he just gets a little bit lost in the open play and kind of loses them and all of a sudden they're just free. But our last few weeks, if you have a look, Tom Lynch was uh, loose a couple of t- couple of times on him. Uh, and this week against Max King as well. So don't want it to become a you know a, a bit of a habit of his but we do understand he's going up against the number one forwards and for a guy that we recruited and we weren't even sure how much he was going to play this year so look the steps he's been taking and the progression amazing i can't really fault him but it is something i wanted to point out because watch the next time you you'll see he does very well in the one-on-one contest he's leading the the league in spoils over the last however many weeks it is um so yeah he he is a really good one-on-one defender, but he just seems to be losing his opponent in the open course of play a little bit. So just keep an eye out on that one in the coming weeks. Uh, before I touch on this preview for the upcoming game we have this week, what is this season? What's it looking like at the minute? Because right now, we sit at fifth. We sit at fifth. And look, we're only a game. We're only one game outside of that top four but our percentages it's it's killing us and uh thank god we didn't end up losing by like 30 points or something like it, it was looking like they were going to end up winning by 30 points in the end uh because they started to get a late a late tag on but over the, the remainder of the season we have the west coast eagles which will go in as favorite as we'll have geelong at the g which will be underdogs as we'll have gws at home at marvel a game we should definitely be able to win We'll have Adelaide in Adelaide. Again, we'll still be favourites, but, you know, we'll be a little bit more tricky. Then it'll get difficult. We'll have Brisbane and Melbourne and then Collingwood to round out the year. Brisbane in Brisbane as well. So it's not it's not going to be a, a very easy final seven games for us. But look, we're going to have three games where we're going to go in as the favourite. Guaranteed. That Carlton-Collingwood matchup, you know, probably be a bit even. And then, you know, we go up against the top three sides in the comp in Melbourne, Brisbane and Geelong. Uh, Myself, personally, the expectation, obviously, make finals, definitely. What do I think we can do? Well, I think we can beat any of the top three sides. I don't think we'll win all three by... God, no. God, no. But I think we can definitely win one of them. My expectations, my goals for this team coming up to, you know, that last stretch of the season, I'd love to see us, obviously I'd like to see us beat West Coast this week. That's almost a non-negotiable. Like we lose this game and it really puts us in a bad position. It really does because it's a team that everyone's beaten except for Collingwood. Uh, And it's a team everyone's got a percentage boost against. And I'm not going into this game thinking we need to beat them by 40 points. They got all their players back and we'll touch on that. But firstly, we need to, we need to take care of business this weekend in Perth. Next, I'd love for us to beat a top, to beat one of the, one more top four side. Out of these, out of the top three sides right now, I'd love to see us beat uh, one of them. We're going to need to, you know, win we're going to need to win GWS at Marvel. That's a game that's like, okay, that's the one you probably say. That's almost the game I'm most confident in winning because it's at Marvel and, you know, they like to attack, but sh- sure, no worries. I'll, 
I'll let them play their free-flowing game of football that they've been liking to play the last few weeks, but I'm I'm keen for them to match up with us at our home ground at Marvel. I'm keen on that. Uh, I think we're capable of beating West Coast, beating that, winning that GWS game, winning one of Geelong, Brisbane, and uh, and Melbourne. That's three wins. Then we've got the Adelaide and the Collingwood game. You definitely. I would expect to win one of them at the minimum. Realistically, I'm probably hoping... I'm expecting us to win both of them. Five wins. Five wins. That's what I'm expecting. From here, five more wins. That brings us to 15 wins and probably a home final, which is what I'd love to see. Uh, Really important for us, really, when you think about... Each game is is just crucial because 13 wins might not be enough to make it to finals this year. And I can't believe how fucked up that sounds. But it might be the truth. It might be. So uh, let's touch on the... Pre- let's get in a quick preview for the West Coast game this week because it's a big game. It's a big game. And let me tell you point number one. They have won all of our last eight meetings against this side. Doesn't read well, does it? All of our last eight meetings, West Coast has won. I want to see the tables turn this Sunday. I want and finally put this side behind us. Now, we've gone through, you know, a tough 10, 10 years, this club. We really have. And now it's time to start paying these sides back who have, you know, had the wood over us consistently. The Collingwoods, the Hawthorns, the West Coast, those type of sides that they just consistently beat us. Every year, they just tick off four points against us. I want to start doing that now against this side. I want to start. And it's all going to start in the middle of the ground. Nick Nat, DeConning, massive matchup this weekend. Massive. Um, look, Nick Nat's back. He's not going to be, uh, you know, fully like, you know, back to AFL conditioning level, like in his peak condition. And it's a massive opportunity for DeConning. He needs to outwork him. He needs to make, he needs to run around the ground, make him chase him, get him around the ground, make him run with you. Uh, he's going to really need to put, put in the work and, you know, have an impact outside of just the stoppages because we're not expecting him, you know, to beat him uh, in the hitouts. We're not. But can you make a contest and just do your part? Just do your part. And look, the ruck, the rucks on the weekend, they, they killed us. But I thought DeConning did okay. I thought he did some nice things. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a, this is a big week for him. And last time these two matched up, I thought he did all right as well. So look, we'll see. Let's see how he matches up on the big Nick Nat. But it's going to be interesting. Uh, massive week for our key forwards because I don't know. I don't really know. I don't really know how they're going to be stopped one on one if we can create you know, a lot of space and, you know, leave, you know, Harry deep one-on-one, Charlie deep one-on-one. I love that. Who's going to go to him? Barras, Hearn, Duggan, like, you know, these kind of blokes. Uh, they don't have, um, I don't believe they're going to be having Jeremy McGovern this week. And if that's the case, you know, good opportunity to, to take advantage, kick a bag of goals. Uh, but the, we know what this defense is all about. They love... They love zoning off and taking intercept marks, and they can 
we're going to need to lower the eyes. We're going to need to really hit targets inside 50 this week. We're not going to... I don't want to see us just the long bomb inside 50. I want to see, I want to see us lowering the eyes and taking some leads from Big Harry and Charlie, hitting, up the, hitting them up on some leads. I'd love to see it. Um, and hopefully they're just making the most of their opportunities this week because it's going to be massive. Big weekend for our, for our wingmen. Very, very big weekend. Uh, when you look at Fisher, who's had another really good game on the weekend, uh, him and O'Brien against Gaff and I think Cripps uh, is the one who's mainly been rotating on that wing for them, maybe even Petrucelli a little bit. Uh, they're two experienced wingmen and they play their roles really, really well. I think our accountability when we have to defend is going to be really telling. Are we going to get exposed uh, that's what I'm interested to see. Now, especially with O'Brien, because he's not, he's a really good two-way runner, but what's his pressure and his tackling going to be like on someone like a Crips or a Gaff, whichever wing he's really on? That's what I'm looking to see. I think when the ball's in our hands, I think our wingmen, our wingmen will thrive. But I believe the moment they have to defend and chase tail and put pressure on, I think they'll struggle a little bit more. You know, a Fisher, a Nunes, a O'Brien. I believe a Cottrell can come in and, you know, bring some you know, bring some of that pressure that we don't really have by some of those other blokes. But really interesting to see how that turns out. Are we going to be able to control the game? Can we get our uncontested marking going? Can we control the tempo, change gears like, like we have been doing the last few weeks uh, before this match against St Kilda? That's what I'm going to be looking for because I think if we play our brand of footy, I believe we win. But I think if they make us play a brand of footy that, you know, their style and we're not playing the game on our terms and we have to be accountable for, you know, some of the runners and the speedsters that they've got in this team, Petra Charlie, uh, Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, Gaff, you know, they've got some pace in this team. Uh, even though they are a bit of an older side, they've got some of those plays that they burn us every single year. And that's... And brings me to my next matchup. How are we going to go with their small forwards? A Liam Ryan. Is, is Lockie Plowman going to go going to go straight to him again? Uh, Willie Rioli. These blokes, they do damage to us every single time we play them. How can we contain them? And as a back six, what are we going to do? We're going to get Weedering back most likely. It's looking really, really probable. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. How can we stop the small, for, small forwards from tearing us up though? Uh... Last few weeks, we've seen, you know, uh, we've had uh, one of our Fords uh, running in deep into our back half and trying to defend the, trying to alleviate some of the pressure off our back six and, you know, just provide a little bit of something back there. And I feel like we've defended the, we've defended quite well as of recent, but I'm interested to see how it pulls up against some talented individuals that this West Coast team possess. A Liam Ryan, a Jack Darling, a Willie Rioli, even Petrucelli with his speed. These are the things that just worry me a little bit. So, going to be really interesting to see how we go up against them. And I'm tipping us to win. I do believe we're going to win this game, but it's just such a bogey side for us that I don't have much confidence. I don't. I do, I do, I will tip us. I'm backing us in. If I have to put a margin on it, I reckon we'll win by. Gee, I reckon this is just a. I reckon this is honestly gonna be a close game. I reckon we're gonna win by. 
13 points. 11 points. I want to say 11 point. 11 point margin. Two goals. That's what it's going to be. Uh, that's all for today. Tune in to the show next week. We'll review the game and we'll see how we go. Hopefully after a win and hopefully we'll be looking on a little bit brighter than we did this week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good week. And as always, go the mighty blue baggers.